So, Berto, did you see the movie Searching? I saw it last night, man. Would you like it? Oh, I really enjoyed it. Let's, well, let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. My name is Humberto Castaneda. I run a site where you can broadcast live some video of yourself. So I gave it a... Initially, I gave this an 8 out of 10. And then after I thought about it some more, I downgraded it to a 7. And I understand why. I gave it an 8 as well. I, I, I have... Let me put it this way. I don't know the backdrop. You probably know more background about the director and stuff like that, which we'll go into. But uh, my sense was like this was a bit of a of a passion project from someone that's not a veteran director or something. But I I loved the new storytelling style, the the general content, the twists and turns. But certainly there's a level of sloppiness to it that I would have liked to improve on. When did the sloppy – was it throughout the whole movie? It, it certainly it, – there is a little bit throughout. Like some of the acting was great. Some of the acting was not great. Yeah. And and it, some of the interactions felt very natural. Some of the interactions did not feel okay. natural. And I can go into specifics. But overall, I give it an eight for the experience I had. But I could I could certainly poke a lot of holes into the quality of all the scenes. Okay. You know? So we're, I'm going to try not to spoil it. Uh, so let's try, oh, okay. but but I don't think we have to spoil it to talk about. I think there's a lot of sure. things we could say. Um, so for people who don't know, Searching is a movie starring John Cho. If you don't know who John Cho is, he's Harold of Harold, Harold and, and Kumar. Harold and Kumar. He's also Sulu in the new Star Trek movies. So he gets typecast into searching for things, right? One yeah. time it's. White Castle Burgers. <laughs> Sometimes you're searching for Spock. <laughs> Sometimes you're searching for your daughter. So Searching is a classic suspense thriller, but it takes place entirely on a computer screen. Yeah. So uh, every so John Cho, uh, he calls his daughter, and the when you're watching the movie, you see the FaceTime. You don't see him right. looking at his phone. You just see what the screen sees. You know, I didn't actually realize until just you pointed out just now that it is all from a computer screen. You didn't realize that. I mean, I knew that it was all video chats and things. But in my head, there was probably still a few scenes that were a third-person camera. Nope. No. No. It was all in the screen. Yeah. And and so it's it's one of it's a move it's an it's ambitious crazy. it's an ambitious movie in that respect in that it's trying to follow this convention that's never I, I think there's another movie that came out a few years ago that tried to do a similar thing I don't know the well, name and then of there's it. a horror movie that just came out like that where it's a deep dark web or deep web or okay something. maybe maybe that was one I was yeah. thinking of no the, there was one even before that oh okay Th- there's been attempts at doing this kind of thing yeah right but I think that. This is the first semi-mainstream movie yeah. that did it, and I and I think it, he did it pretty well. We can get more into that later, but right. but so the premise is is that John Cho is a dad. His his wife dies, right. uh, like the, cancer in the prelude to the movie that you see the wife dying, right. and then it's him and his daughter, and his daughter is in high school, and she she's like a senior in high school or something, and one night she doesn't come home, and he. Can't, I think she's 10th grade, isn't she? Well, she drives a car. Oh, yeah, you're right. So she can't – so, you, you know, 10th grade, oh, okay, maybe. Okay, right. she, you know, no, she, no. My point is she's right. older high school. She's not, like, dependent on him. She, she can go yeah. out at night, and she doesn't come home one night, and, and uh, it wasn't com- – anyway. And so uh, then he tries to track her down, and the way he does this is he's, he breaks into her laptop right. – and try and starts contacting, getting you know. on all her Facebook, her Instagram, yeah. or everything, and and immediately he he realizes how little he knows about her life at this point, right? And that's kind of the theme is like he's realizing that he, you know, in the loss of his wife and her mother, he's been a little distant. Yep. So the movie was directed by Anish Changanti. It's his first film, and he used to work for Google. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he retired from Google. So he was a, a Silicon Valley alum. Yeah, and uh, and I believe uh, South Asian. This must have influenced his idea of yeah. all computer stuff. Right, so he he's very familiar probably right. with UI and stuff. Right. 
And it stars John Cho, and he uh, has been in a lot of movies. Can you name anything that he's been in over the years, TV shows? Um, uh, so, we, so we said Harold and Kumar in Star Trek. Well, uh, I don't know. So he, I've only known him from that stuff. Yeah, so he's, he's basically been hardworking for the past uh, 25 years. He's, he's my age. He's, yeah. I think he's just a little older. I'm not sure. But um, And uh, a lot of the stuff he's been in has been sort of uh, real secondary. It wasn't until Harold and Kumar that he um, – that was the first movie. Was he, was he in 24 at one point? Or Maybe. Homeland or something? Yeah, so he's been in a lot of TV shows. I don't have his full list here, but he was in a movie, Yellow, which focused on Asians in okay. 1997. He was in Felicity. He was in American Pie. Oh, yeah. I remember him in that. American Beauty, which I don't remember I him don't from. Remember. He's in a movie called Better Luck Tomorrow, which is sort of another Asian movie, and I remember seeing that. I remember giving a 6 out of 10, 2002. I saw that one, actually. Okay. He was in How I Met Your Mother, at least. Yes, right, right, right. Okay. Uh, he was in Total Recall. The new Total Recall? I, I haven't so. seen that. Yeah. I saw it. It wasn't too bad. Okay. I mean, it wasn't you know as good as the first one. He's been in BoJack Horseman, New Girl... He's in upcoming uh, Star Trek. There's an upcoming oh. Star Trek movie, by the so way. So he works a lot. Yeah. He's been in Drunk History. He played William Shakespeare, which is <laughs> He's been... Uh, do you ever watch that, Drunk yeah, History? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that one, though. <laughs> uh, he's been on College Humor. Uh, I've seen time. him in some skits. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I think he's... I like him. I yeah, think, he's yeah. a hilarious guy, you know, good actor. Uh, I just, you know, and, you know, fellow Asian... American and he's someone I've always thought. Oh, I'd like to be friends with that person. Yeah, he seems like a good guy. Yeah. So, what do you think he got on Rotten Tomatoes? Well, I I kind of cheated because oh. I saw, but it was like ninety five percent or something. Ninety two. Ninety two percent. Okay. Okay. So, what do you think again? Without which I was surprised about. Okay. So, um, well, before we get into the good and the bad, uh, I just want to point out that again, this is a, a movie that has a limited scope. You know, like yeah. uh, some movies where it's just like the whole movie takes place in an elevator. <laughs> right, right. The, this, this movie, the whole movie takes place on a number of screens. Like it mainly is on his laptop and his phone. And you see – because he's doing video calls. So yeah. sometimes you see other environments. And that's, that's what tricked me a little bit Right, is that – and I, actually this is really to the movie's credit. For example, when he's looking at photographs, well, sometimes you're, you're seeing a video or a photograph in the outdoors. Sometimes he's video calling someone who's in a totally different location. Right. So my mind played that trick on me where I'm like, no, there were other locales. Like, right. No, it was all in the TV. Yeah, and it was really inventive because there were times when, you know, they wanted – the writer wanted to show him sleeping, for example. Right. And what they did was they made it so that he basically accidentally left his video chat uh, app – on with his laptop on and right. so we as looking at the screen can see that he is actually sleeping oh and actually actually that one that one's actually what would happen technically if you're coming if an incoming facetime call is coming on your screen because it shows you your camera feed before you answer so you see what you look like that was kind of like Okay, I, I could see how that could happen. Right. Like, not all video apps do that, but some video apps do that. Right, that was the thing. It was like, not all apps do this, but you could see one doing that. I did just realize there was a scene that couldn't have been on his computer where there was an interrogation happening. Right. But it was still on a computer monitor. Right, so some right. sometimes they go to other Another screens mon- yeah, or, right. or just like a random... But it's not a direct... Right. View. It's sort of like, I guess one way to look at it, it's like if a hacker had was watching this situation, right. what, what would the hacker see? Right. That's because because the, then the hacker might go, "Ooh, what's going on in the news?" That's right. And then he watches this, the news. This, uh, I mean, Blair Witch was a little bit like this, except they yeah. weren't showing us what was on a computer screen; they were showing us what was filmed footage. Right. But it was only the the filmed. Footage. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. So so let's go through. All the different limited scope movies. So Blair Witch, I'm, I'm going to add that yeah. to the list. Um, there's My Dinner with Andre. <laughs> Good. What else? Uh, there is the, well, Four Rooms. <laughs> four Rooms? I mean, it's not one room, but it's Four Rooms. <laughs> okay. Uh, is that the one in the hotel? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's on the borderline because that's like still 
four okay. different rooms. Okay. It's four different directors in four different does rooms. It, does something like Saw count? Because I don't know. I haven't seen I mean, Saw. the first Saw, the main line of the action takes place in the same torture room, but you do see flashbacks. Yeah, flashbacks. I think flashbacks are allowed as long okay. as it's pre- So I'd say Saw because – Basic, well, because the whole thing is normal movies. Yeah, they skip around hospital, yeah, right, right. home, street, yeah. car chase, airplane. Like you know, it's it's pretty rare. Like snakes on a plane is probably another good movie, right? Because <laughs> that, that probably takes. I, I it's been a while since I've seen it, but that probably takes place right m- at least mostly in a plane, right? Right. But a movie like uh, a Castaway with with Tom Hanks. That's not limited scope because it sure one it starts in the oh, regular world and okay you know. well how about uh 170 hours or whatever it was right 127 127 hours, hours. kind of you could say for at least for that for a good most ch- of it he's stuck in, in the yeah. in the middle but I I don't know there's a lot of other better examples okay. where it's so clear that the director was like sure I'm gonna keep this in one spot uh devil uh it, the, the whole, elevator yeah the elevator yep, yeah. Uh, M. Knight wrote that. Yeah, I, it's an okay one, but... I liked it. I gave yeah. it 7 out of 10. Uh, Be- yeah. Because the reason why I gave it 7 instead of, say, 5 was it's hard to make a movie sure. with five people in an elevator, in an elevator yeah. for an hour and a half. Yep. Like, that's hard. And the fact that they pulled it off and right. I was watching it was right. like, wow, this is, you know, hard to do. Phone booth? Phone booth is another one. Colin Farrell, I gave 4 out of 10. I didn't really like that no, It was not good, but they did do the phone booth. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Cube from 1997. Yes, Cube, right. I was going to say, I, I, I couldn't remember the name of it, ironically, because I thought it was like The Room or something, but it was Cube. Right. What so, about The Room? So no, because that eventually, uh, you're thinking Room. Room. Uh, she. I haven't seen it. Don't oh, spoil. okay. Well, okay. so it doesn't entirely take right. place. Uh, buried, 2010, Ryan Reynolds, where he he's buried in a... Um, in a coffin. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen it, but I know which one, which one it is. And he he just has like his cell phone. Right. You know, I gave that an eight out of ten. I really like that movie. That you know, a movie like that, the ending, you just can never. It's similar to Searching. It's like it, it thrillers, suspense movies. It's really hard to write an ending that is super satisfying. Sure. Um, so anyway, Buried had a similar part. Rear Window. Right. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Right? Oh, my God. I can't believe I didn't say that one right off the bat. 1954. Um, you know, I'm going to include Reservoir Dogs, Quentin Tarantino, okay. because the vast majority sure. of that movie takes place in that warehouse. And it is known for that. So Right. And there's flashbacks. Yeah. To, like, to that's the... why I'm saying Saw should count. Yeah. Because Saw takes place in this bathroom, the shitty bathroom for 80% of the movie. Okay. So let's put that in like a semi-limited semi, scope. Because yeah. even even Reservoir Dogs, it's like when they go to you know Mr. Orange, you know, there's a whole storyline yeah, with him. Right. Um, Hateful Eight, of course. Well, I was gonna bring up Hateful Eight, but that one has got a lot of outdoor scenery at the beginning. Yeah. And then so it's in that gray zone. It's in the gray zone. Yeah. But a vast majority of sure. the movie is in one room. Sure. At this you know the stopover point, um, you got Twelve Angry Men. Yes. Which the vast majority takes place in yeah. the jury, uh, right. all-white male room. 1957, Henry What Fonda. about, I want to say Death of a Salesman? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I feel is, like it's have, all in, in his house. Have they movieized that, that play? Yeah, with, uh, a long time ago with Dustin Hoffman. It's okay. really good. Misery? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, at least, okay, so we can make exceptions for, a lot of times there's a setup at the beginning. And then. Then they get to the location right. and they stay there the rest of the Yeah. Them. Uh, the mist takes place. I haven't seen that one. Uh, in a like a department store, I believe. Okay. Um, for the for most of it. So wait, you haven't seen the mist? No. Don't don't you hear about how the mist has the most devastating ending? Am don't I tell th- me? Am I thinking of the same movie? It might be. I've never seen it. I want to see it. You got it. It this. Okay. Th- there are. Whenever anyone brings up like. A Twist movie things, with the with the no devastating. Oh, devastating. Okay. Like you know, um, irreversible. Oh that, my god, that's the got the devastating beginning. Right. So <laughs> it it's not that bad, and it's okay. not obviously in that tone. But if if I remember right, the mist. Uh, if if that's the movie, the ending is just you, the characters have to make choices sure. that you later on go, 
Oh no! Okay, okay, you know, okay. it's just like All the right. worst. Okay, I have to watch that. So, what about this one? This one probably doesn't count, but the touch of the Medusa. I don't know. It's Richard Burton, and the whole movie he's in a coma in a hospital. Okay, but but you see a lot of other scenes because there's flashbacks. <laughs> uh, tape R- Richard Linklater. Have you seen this movie? I Ethan, don't think the so. whole movie takes place in a hotel room, like a small hotel okay. room. Ethan Hawke, uh, Robert Sean Leonard, and no. U- Uma Thurman. No, I have not seen that. You, it's a great movie. And so, I love Richard Linklater. So basically what happens is these three friends from college meet up like 10 years later. And, you know, it's like a reunion of sorts. And, but then slowly over time, you start realizing there's a bigger story to this. You know Got what it. I mean? It's, oh, okay. So uh, the storm, the what's it called? Isn't it called the storm or the... The big, the big chill, the big storm, the oh, the big chill. Is it the big chill? I don't know. Where's the one? They're all trapped because there's this big yeah. storm. They're all in the same house. The whole right. Movie. There's another movie like that too that I'm forgetting where th- there's this belief that outside of this, so they're having like a dinner party. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the the pa- pa- oh parabola or pa- uh, anyway. It is uh kind of like about physics, right? Like. Something's happened, like there's like a alternate timeline or something. I don't remember. Okay. Um, Hard Candy, 2005. Have you seen this movie? Uh, Pat- Patrick Wilson, Ellen Page. No. So Ellen Page, Wait. young, a young Ellen Page. No, I haven't seen this one. Young. I gave this movie a nine out of ten. I gave tape a nine out of ten too, by the way. Hard Candy, nine out of ten. Ellen Page plays this girl who was sexually assaulted and she kid- kidnaps the guy. Oh. And the whole movie is her essentially torturing this guy in her in a in someone's house. I Maybe see. it could be his house. So revenge, uh, torture porn, right? <laughs> and it's there's a scene that it's like whoa. Uh, Lock with Tom Hardy. It have you seen that movie? No. Seven out of ten. The whole movie takes place in his car. So he's he's driving okay. from one location to another, and he is calling people on his phone. Okay. And the whole movie, that's the whole movie. Okay. Him just driving from one place to the next. And you never see the other people. You just see him talking to these people. Oh, okay. Well, what about uh, Moon? Um, yeah, I don't know. No. I don't think that fits because it's, you know, it's definitely isolating, but he's all over the moon. He's in several different rooms. Mars? Or <laughs> <laughs> um, was, it, was it called? Mar- the one with Matt Damon? Yeah. Uh, that also, yeah. uh, the one I love, Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss. Uh, it, that's an interesting movie. It takes place in this. They're, I think they're like um, babysitting a house while someone's gone. Uh, the Shallows, Blake Lively. Speaking of, Ryan you could Reynolds. argue that all of the Star Trek, the original Star Trek TV series, was like this. <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm saying. You get a sense of like that doesn't really make a lot of sense. I know, uh, but you know, they're always like in this. Mostly, they're in the bridge. Right, and they have a screen that shows them the aliens. That's mostly what happens. Every now and then they go down to the planet. Yeah, <laughs> Ten Cloverfield Lane. Right, John Goodman. Now I was going to bring that one up. Free Fire with Brie Larson. The vast majority of the movie takes place in this one warehouse. Hmm. This movie, the first half an hour, I, th- I was I was in it. I was like, oh, I see. They're trying to do kind of like a Quentin Tarantino esque okay. style, and. This this movie had so much potential and it just became so boring. Essentially, there's an hour where, like, basically you have like at least two different factions of people in this warehouse. They've all been injured, and there's some uh-huh. people who are dead. Okay. So essentially, there's this deal that goes wrong. Guns. Everyone starts firing guns, and they and then this protracted long ass standoff happens. Right. And there's it's not interesting the characters aren't everyone's yelling at each other and it's just an hour of them lying on the ground behind a random piece of cover and trying to shoot each other it's just it was just so dumb it was like one of the dumbest movies i gave it a two out of ten oh mother right i was just about to say darren aronofsky takes place in the same house you know definitely definitely limited there's different rooms but (laughs) also all is lost with robert redford where he's on that boat he, it's just him on a those whole movie. Robert Redford. What? He's the only one in this. It just came out five years ago. Whoa! He's on a sailboat, and then he uh, he. Is this based on a true story? I don't think so. Oh, okay. But he has uh, like his boat gets injured by like debris, 
and then it's him trying to survive essentially okay. and you get the sense like he is in the middle of the pacific ocean oh wow. and so the whole movie there's not another actor he doesn't call anyone on the phone it's just him in this in boat, boat trying to survive and i gave it a 6 out of 10 is good i mean so I, I guess there's things that don't quite count even though it's one person isolated like the one uh, where, where he goes to alaska and, or like he hikes out into the wilderness and right and, and dies out there. Yeah, it's interesting that the Robert Redford one counts because it's He's in the boat. Brought, it's a man right. on a boat the right. whole movie, same small boat. Right. But you take someone like alone. the Revenant. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. Okay, so um, so let's take a break and then let's talk more about what was good about this movie. What do you say? Let's do it. Okay, we're back from the break, and as I always say. Please become a patron of the podcast by going to patreon.com. If you like this podcast, that is the way you can prove to us that you actually like what we're doing. Because you deserve it. So this is a movie that... So when I saw Crazy Rich Asians... Which I still haven't seen. I was, uh, you know, I got there for the previews, which I try to avoid, but I was sitting there through the previews. And I was starting to wonder, like, you know how they make previews for movies based yeah. on what the movie is. Right. If it's a horror movie, then there's other horror movie trailers. <laughs> if it's a rom-com, you have rom-com trailers. If it's, an, if it's a hero movie, you have hero movie trailers. <laughs> well, when I went to Crazy Ritz Agents, I was like, well, what are they going to do? Like, sure. Because there's not, you know, what, how, are the, how are the marketers, you know, on, you know, uh, what do they call it? Um, Madison Avenue. Madison Avenue. <laughs> what, what are they going to see? And, what I what I realized was they saw it as essentially just a non-white movie, and so all uh, the trailers were were mainly black oh. black movies. Wow! Yeah, so like nine out of ten of the trailers were just any movie that focused on black people, huh. and I was like, "That's fucking depressing." Do you know what I mean? Right. That's like we get lumped in with black people. It's just <laughs> like, well, you're not white. So, uh, but there was one. Asian American movie, which was Searching. Which, by the way, I when when you said, "Hey, have you seen Searching?" I didn't know what you were talking about. I actually I had seen the poster, and I knew it was from uh, Her- it was Harold, and I saw the poster recently, but I didn't know what it was. Once the movie started, I'm like, "Oh, I saw this preview ages ago." Oh, interesting. Right. So this movie is is interesting in that in the same few months we have two movies that focus on Asians in a way that doesn't really focus on Asians, you right. know, like the, the two movies are just, you know, Crazy Rich Asians is it's just a rom-com and it just happens to be focused. It just happens to be Asian people. Right. And racism against Asians is, I think, only talked about in the very first scene. Right. And then after that it's just it's not really discussed. And in this movie it's it's completely irrelevant. Right. It, it because it is like I'm right. Asian American and I don't fucking walk around in my life just constantly like thinking about the fact that I'm Asian American. It's like the, the only thing you could point to is maybe the piano playing. Well, there are certain things that are particular to Asians like yeah. you know how to use, you know, a a 45-year-old Asian guy is probably going to be better with technology and laptops right. than, than someone who's white, just right. in general. Uh, yeah, the piano playing. Or like you have your kid in music lessons. Right. That's a stereotype. Yeah. But, you know, if you if you swapped out everything and it was just a white totally. dad totally. and a white kid, uh, there you wouldn't have noticed anything. Nope. Um, so that was kind of – oh, and the, the kimchi dish was also – Sure. You know, but, you know – you. You could have had everything, everything identical, yeah. except maybe it's not a kimchi dish. But you could even have kimchi. Like, you could see, sure. you know, like you, you... I mean, it was not like you would see that scene and be like, what? No one would ki- cook a dish with kimchi nowadays. Yeah. Like, you've probably had kimchi in your house. Yes. I, I mean, I've bought kimchi, and it stunk up the place. <laughs> it always stinks up the place. And honestly, me having kimchi is weird because it's Korean and I'm Japanese. Did I ever tell you about the time I went to Epcot and I went to the Japan? You know, Ep- have you been to Epcot? Yeah, oh, I love Epcot. Yeah. So if you haven't been to Epcot, it's like a giant circle, and around the circle are different countries. Yeah. And Japan is one of the countries. And so you go into the Japan thing, and there's like a, it's like Expo where they'll, yeah. 
they, they have the equivalent of an Uwajimaya store, essentially, with yeah. like all the. And little... then they have they have a restaurant, Japanese restaurant that you can right. eat in, and you go in there. And so I went in there, and I when I eat at Japanese restaurants in Seattle. I will often order kimchi to go along with uh, my my meal because it's just kind of a good and they serve it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Japanese restaurants in Seattle a lot of times kimchi. Okay. In fact, I'm Japanese American and um, grew up with kimchi everywhere. I it's see. just like uh, I don't know if Japanese people in Japan. Well, no, they do. The J- Japanese people in Japan will have kimchi dishes. Okay. Anyway. But and they ferment a, other things. Too. But yeah, but it's a Korean kimchi is right. Korean, and so I'm in the restaurant and I'm and I'm like, can I order some kimchi? And she's like, uh, and she's Japanese. Uh-huh. She's like, sir, kimchi is Korean. Oh my! And gosh. I'm like, cringe. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I just thought maybe you'd have kimchi. She's like, oh, this is a Japan, Japanese Japanese oh. restaurant. Oh. You know. And you, you she was she was she was Asian splaining. Yeah, and you can't like because anything you say at that point, they'll just assume you're now just backpedaling. Yeah, right. Because basically, she's thinking, "Oh, you don't understand. Japan and Korea are, are two di- different things, two different countries." Yeah, and I'm like, and even if you said, <laughs> "No, you don't understand." In where I'm from, I've had kimchi in a, in a Japanese restaurant. Be like, yeah, but that doesn't mean it's Japanese, right? You know? it's like, I know. I I grew up eating kimchi sandwiches. Come on, okay. So John Cho, let's talk about his performance. What do you think? Yes, I actually thought he was one of the best parts of the movie for me. Yeah, he has to carry so much of this, definitely, right? And of course, usually a protagonist, you you're chosen on purpose, but but like he actually was believable in his. In his moments and his anguish and his and his self doubt and his and, and and a lot of times you don't even see his face right because he's like just manipulating the computer, but they did some clever things which are not so much his acting as much as the directing, but they did some clever things where there were pauses or he would write something and then delete it but but really when when we were watching him act because there were some scenes when he was interacting with uh there was one scene where he was interacting with his uh, brother. brother. And there was one scene where he was interacting with the detective where I actually didn't buy as much the performance of the detective and the brother. Totally. But I definitely bought his pers- his performance. Yeah, it was very believable. And as I was, I was trying to figure out why I liked his performance so much. And I think it's because he did it in a subtle way. Yeah. Like, it's tempting. You know, John Cho, he has never been... You know, he did Harold and Kumar. Right. These are, you know, big movies for him. It's a big deal. But he he shared the bill. Right. And they're sort of joke movies, you know. So, he, you know, but this is his first dramatic movie where he is by far the star. Yep. And you could argue like 95% of the movie is is him on the yep. screen um, and no one else. Like right. it's just him talking. To, anyway, so – he it's tempting to be like i finally arrived i'm going to show people what i what i can <laughs> I went to juilliard <laughs> yeah and and but he doesn't do that you know so him and the the director anish uh they crafted a a really you know very subtle believable right. cuz for me and you we know john cho we've seen yeah. him in harold and kumar we've seen him all these other things and particularly for me as an asian american paying attention to other asian americans in pop culture so, you know, it's hard for me to look at him as a dad, and pretty quickly I I bought into right. it, you know. So I thought that was good. And uh, do you was this the director's first movie, or is yeah it a, okay first movie? So that's what I was saying. I got that sense from it, like okay, there it's a little sloppy here and there, but but wow, what a first good movie, you know, like right. what a good first movie. Right. That's what a lot of uh, reviewers are saying is. That it's a little sloppy, but for a first movie, awesome, yeah. and I can't wait to see what yes. else he could do. Uh, what do you think of the computer simulation? Uh, meaning, well, what, the what representation because uh, you know they had to, through they, the computer. They had to simple. No, a you know a graphics guy. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Because they couldn't s- actually have all the people in the Facebook and stuff. Like yeah, that. they had to simulate. You know, they it, had to it, simulate it, actual computer stuff. It felt completely. 
it felt great. Right. Because a lot of movies, especially when you see like stuff on computers, yeah. it's a mess, right? right? Especially if it's a hacker movie, that's the yeah. worst. But this, it was Windows, it had Facebook, it had Instagram, it had all the things. It looked, they took a few liberties with some of the functionality of the UCast app. Right. And they, and then there are a couple of things where he. Well, because UCast doesn't exist. Uh, well, even if it, I don't know if that one does, but there are things like no, that. No, it where doesn't. You can, UCast. Okay, so so, so UCast doesn't, but there are things where you can broadcast and right. People so can it was and, it was a fake site from you now is okay. So okay. there's a there's a thing called you now, but so it's like that. But that was one of the things I didn't really get. It's like they use Facebook, they use Windows, yeah. they use Apple OS, yeah. they use uh, you know Instagram and uh, Facebook. You know they they don't yeah. pussyfoot around that. But when it comes to you now, well, they changed it to you cast. I, I have a uh, I have a reason why that probably was. I don't know if it'll give something away though. Well, do you think they would think they would get sued because because if you think about one of the pivotal things in the movie, it happens only in that app, right? And I think that that could maybe that that if there was that company that like yo 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 we we're, we don't support that or something. But it seems so dumb because to me, if I was you now, I'd be like. No one knows about us, so sure. Any and this movie doesn't paint sure. that app in a bad light. Yeah. If Who anything, knows? it makes it look. Or maybe like- they just needed to take. Oh, uh, here's another possibility. It is possible that because you know there are certain things they had to do, like it saved every broadcast and it kept all the comments happening while the you know. So they might have had to do things where they needed just the right UI and the app wasn't exactly like okay, that. I can or- see that. But they totally were able to make all the other apps work for the screen. Yeah, yeah. So I'm anyway. So I was just confused by that. I was like, why would you with that one thing? That's the right. one that you fake. So I, I which found- is annoying because it's like it takes you out of the game. You know, like imagine just let's take it another level. Instead of Facebook, it was called like you know, yeah. f- you know, Face Smile or or People Book, and 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 okay. they, and everyone acted like People Book right. was the right. was the big app that everyone used. I agree with that. that however. I, I guess I know of many others like that one, and I didn't know whether or not that one was or wasn't. So for me, I just assumed it's something I hadn't heard of, but it's oh, yeah. like one of the ones that I've heard. So. Yeah, so you brought up, you know, they used actual OSs, and, you know, the hacker movies are bad. Yeah, and this is one thing that I never understand. Like, I was, I was like, hate-watching CSI uh, <laughs> a, f- a few months ago. This Enhance! Was, this was actually Zoom. five months ago, and I could, I'm still traumatized by it. And there's a lot of computer now in the the CSI TV okay. shows. There's a lot imagine. of a lot of looking at computers and stuff. And it is one of the most like ridiculous things that happens. One, it's it's a totally indiscernible uh, OS. Right. It's not Unix. It's not Linux. It's or not Unix isn't a thing, right? But Linux. Yeah, is. Unix is. It's, oh, okay. it's just on on college. Machines. Mostly. Oh, okay. Well, then I, th- yeah. I think I used Unix yeah. at UW when I went to school there. Um, you can totally tell it's not a real, it's not a real right. OS. Like, right. if you made a movie thirty years ago, you could get away with like, well, you don't know every OS, right? But today, everyone knows <laughs> what an OS, what all the available, the right. normal, especially a fact that. Ninety nine point nine percent of computers in the United States run on Windows or Apple, right? And so. and they sort of do that, I think, a lot of times because they they make OSs that are way more graphical and and do prettier things. Well, so that's the other ridiculous part of the CSI is like someone would be like, "Oh my God, I just figured something out." Everyone, come to my computer right. and all the and they go type 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 type. Well, no, they don't even type; they just click a button and. The you know this this like gr- I, I'd have to show it, but this graphic shows up and see see we have this guy and he and then you have run this- a spectrum analyzer on his face okay yeah. tap tap room yeah and and then and then there's like this scrolling code yeah. they always have scrolling code right. which of course no OS has scrolling right. code. and then, and then you oh did you see that scroll just by right there yeah. yes it was DF and then and then they're like and look. Um, it, this guy, the way his body shape is, is exactly the body shape of this cutout on this other picture we have. And then oh, see if they match and then, yeah, well, tap, they, tap. but <laughs> no, no, you're messing my story up. They have already pre done the presentation in the two seconds that they had I before be- and, and they just press a button and it just like overlays, right. you know what I mean? It's, anyway, it's hard to describe on a podcast, but anyway, so in this movie, it was really interesting because 
uh, a niche totally, uh, you know, from the very, from the, I don't know what you call it, the prelude to the movie where, you know, that early windows, like, I don't know, 95 opens up. Right. And it's, a, you know, it's like Up, the movie Up. Yeah. Where the, the beginning of the movie, it's like you just see this, this very sequence. fast-paced sequence. Yeah. And this searching had a similar thing. Oh, I was in tears, man. Were you? Oh, yeah. Because I knew where I was going as soon as they, they did the – because they, they show some early tests go wrong. Right. And medical so, tests. So it's, and, it's a beautiful uh, sequence because, again, the whole thing is taking place on a computer and no one's talking. There's no, no dialogue. It's no. just like someone's opening up an email. Oh, oh someone's moving a folder. Oh yeah. Oh, someone is is erasing a user yep. from their computer. Oh, I was in tears so bad. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was so you know it was seamless. You know, it looked very realistic. That yeah. was one of the most realistic things in the movie. Honestly, is like the way they depicted that whole thing. I was crying like a baby. <laughs> yeah, you're referring to not making fun of people as crying yes. as it not being a masculine thing when in fact. True masculinity means you are brave enough to cry. So you're crying I like should a say it like a barbarian killer. <laughs> you were crying like a masculine man. Yeah. Like a brave like a gladiator. Mas- like a courageous masculine man. Um uh yeah, mostly accurate representation of, of what it actually looks like. Really inventive variation too. Because the other thing was it's like, oh, okay, so this whole movie's gonna take place on a computer screen. This is gonna get kind of boring. Right, we got Facebook and FaceTime. That's it, right? <laughs> but it, but they kept it. It doesn't. They yeah. kept it like you know. You got Twitter and Facebook and texting and iMessage and Tumblr and YouTube and then security cameras and news sites and Google Google Maps. Right, like you know, and like it. That was another thing. It's like man, because uh, he was doing functionalities in Google Maps that I didn't know. I I've, I knew you could do, but I was like, oh, okay, that's how you do that. Right, right, right. Like <laughs> yeah. Pinning the places and things. Yeah. So by the way. Um, Another thing that the movie made me very happy about is there was something that very, very early on in the movie, I in, I was like, I bet you I know what's going to happen here. And later in the movie, it looked like that's what was happening. Yeah. And I was like, I knew it. But and then, I felt really smart. But then it wasn't and that. And then it wasn't. Or yeah. it wasn't quite what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing, but that's a classic you know, thriller. Well, it is, but a lot of, like, I, I find with sloppily, more sloppily made movies with twists, I absolutely see it coming. And then, like, some of the Shyamalan movies that weren't good, I was like, I, I know right now what you're doing. Interesting. And then at the end of the movie, I'm like, yeah, I knew that. Like, yeah. that's dumb. Another really cool thing that I actually just took pleasure in just seeing were old versions of Windows and Facebook and other things. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, Facebook used to look yep. like that, yep. you know? And that w- that must have been hard, right? To You'd have to get right. some programmer to look at old versions of Facebook and actually, like, remake yes. the UI of Facebook, you know? <laughs> that would be kind of hard. Um, but... Because the movie took place in 2017, but it was showing us flashbacks all the way back to... when she, Before she was born. Right. They, so, they, 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 90, 96, yeah. It t- shows them getting married, yeah. right? And them having a kid, and then da-da-da. Yeah. So, yeah, it goes back to, it goes back to the mid-90s, yeah. you know? Or late nineties, anyway. Um, the but the one thing, oh, because yeah, I think that was Windows ninety eight, not ninety five. Okay, yeah. So the one thing that did bother me about the computer stuff was that the the pointer, you know, the the cursor on the yeah. screen was obviously animated and not act an actual person. Oh yeah, yeah. This happens all the time in movies. Like yeah. you'll see uh when they when they switch to a screen, right. you'll see the pointer and it's so clearly yeah. that someone instead of in reality it'd be jiggling all over the place. Right. And it would be a bad experience for the movie, but well, it would be more realistic. I guess it would be bad, but I, I'm also guessing it's so much easier to just hand it over to a graphics person and say you know, design the scene and make sure the pointer goes from A to B. Instead of saying, uh, I need you to make, I need you to actually use the mouse yourself. Right, right. The other thing is, is when, even if you were using the mouse um, and you know exactly what you're doing, then you're going to do it in a more deliberate way and, sure. and less, um, less natural. Well, and, and there were things, so I actually appreciated it from the storytelling perspective. Because a lot of times in movies where they're doing computer stuff, they skip a lot of steps, 
right? And this would have really hurt the storytelling because they were very deliberate in me figuring out what the person must be thinking while they're looking at the screen. Right. So there were a lot of those moments where they're scrolling through and they're like, oh, that's – like, in fact, there's a moment in the movie, which I'm sure you experience as well, where – the guy's dealing with an interface of a certain site, and at the end of the, he submits his form, and this thank you screen comes up with a picture, and then you're like, oh, what? Oh my! And then, but but in a different kind of movie, they would have cut to the face, and not, but since that doesn't exist, all you see is the picture still on the screen, and then you slowly see the person opening up a thing to see to verify right. what they think is right, and yeah. you're like, oh my god. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Right. Yeah. Right. In another movie, you'd switch to John Cho's face right. and he'd be like, huh? What? But like you're in – it's almost like – First person. Yeah, you're almost feeling it as yeah. as John Cho himself. Right. Um, but yeah, so I it, I thought the pointers were better than – it was the best version of animated pointers I've seen. Uh, but it was still obviously animated, animated pointers sure. and it was really bugging the crap out of me. <laughs> it's funny. Because I'm, like, I'm like, you, you got so far – and sure. then you and then you have this really stupid animated pointer thing. It's like just just grab a fucking mouse and move <laughs> move the pointer. Um, okay, so oh, there was one thing that bugged me. Uh, I, did we already say like I mean what the, the the inciting incident is the girl goes missing. We mentioned this. Yeah, yeah. There was one thing that bugged me where uh, he was trying to figure out who were her lab partners for AP AP Bio. But that part is certainly something he could have called the school and been like, who's in that class? And they, they would have had, you know, to help him, right? So that one was one that was like unnecessarily difficult for him to find out who's in that study group because he could have just filtered down to who are the students in her AP bio class. I guess. Yeah. But it might have even been faster just to ask the students, you know. But I mean, he was going through like, you know, no one knew her, you know, but he knew that he was at an AP bio uh, study group because the one guy said like yeah it's AP bio so, yeah um, yeah anyways it was just a small thing but just like you got bothered by the mouse that's the one that bothered me <laughs> and uh the excel spreadsheet was pretty cool yeah right and that was another thing i was like oh you can just drop a picture into an excel right. cell i didn't know that yeah um so some other bad things was uh, we basically have already said this is that the ending i didn't really i i while i was watching the movie as the ending was happening i was like i was like oh but then after watching the movie, I thought back on the movie and I was like, that and that last, you know, twenty percent was not ideal. Okay, which from which the way it was done or the actual story of it? Um I guess both, but I think there's a way to even have that story and have it pulled off well. Like, um, what's her face from Will and Grace? Yeah. Uh she's she's the police officer. I thought her character was really hard to yeah, feel. She didn't pull it off. I don't know if it's her fault yeah. or if it's the the script part. Right. Because or, or I just am so used to her being uh, Grace and Will and Grace. Well, I'm not because I never watched that. Oh, but well, I, I will. I knew it was her. But she so D- Deborah Messing. Deborah Messing. She plays a very like gruff, almost butch police detective. And I I just. And and not funny, like like very very buttoned up, very professional. Yeah. And on TV, she's this gregarious, funny, comedic actress, right. you know. And then in this, it's like she's it's like hard to. But so I thought her character was a little weird. The twist I, I did feel, I, f- I felt there was a stereotype of a detective. Okay. And but I just thought that, but I would have put up with that honestly because it was like okay, fine, she's a cop and whatever. But I just felt like the last – so not only did the last bit feel a little clunky to me of just like, huh? But also the way – so instead of sticking to John Cho's screen, we now are watching like news channels. Yeah. And the news channel footage was some of the most unbelievable footage. You know, like, (laughs) you know – you know, there's a camera. It was supposedly there's a news camera that isn't allowed on site, but is somehow zooming in. Right, and we see everything we need to see in the screen. You sure. know, we see this thing. We see John Cho. We see this guy. You know, like everything is captured, <laughs> and we even see emotion and like right. storytelling in the screen. And it's like that's not realistic. And there's sure. there's another way to tell that without 
you know, yeah. taking me out of the story and being like, okay, now we're in like a cheesy. It could have been tough to build enough momentum at the end, though, without some action like that. But I, I hear you. The one that I don't think was done well. What I mean, I sort of agree with you, but the one I definitely didn't like was the interrogation room. Okay, I thought. That was spelling it out way too much. Right. So again, there's another way to do that. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's another way. They, to, they literally read out the back, like all the the words that are not spoken in the script. They're like, okay, now we're going to give you the backstory. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And also uh, another thing that I didn't like about the movie was, so John Cho's lines were all very believable. And I think that's a combination of the writer being able to write well for that character and also... And they were relating to that character. and Yeah, and also John Cho's acting ability. Right. But when he would call people, the other... It was like I was watching a good actor yeah. and a bad actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he, he would call someone yeah. and he'd, you know, he'd be like... So you know, did you know? Did you did you have contact with my daughter? Oh, and- like the mom? That was the least believable mom. Not his wife. The he calls this one mother of a of a kid that she's supposedly hiking with. Do you remember that? No. Uh, he, it's the one where he hears that. Uh, I forget the kid's name, but he calls the mother. He's like, "Hi, I'm," and she's like, "Oh yeah, I remember. You're such and such's husband, right?" And then he's like, "Okay, well." I'm just finding out about my daughter's like, well, no, it's probably a reception problem. It's like, and he's like, what? Like, oh, they're hiking. Of course she was invited. Like everything she was saying was so, like reading from the script, reading from the script. Reading from the script. That's a good way to describe it. It's like John Cho was acting and it was like almost everyone else in the movie was reading from from a script. And I think now that I think about it, I think part of the problem was that... There were so many characters in this movie, yeah. like so many voices, right? So and who probably weren't being paid very much because they had one line. Oh, and and so right. the, because so, he didn't have a lot of money to pay a lot of people, right? right. Yeah. So he's so he's probably hiring some of the worst actors <laughs> in L.A. because he needs like he he probably needed like a couple hundred or friends maybe, like, yeah, a couple hundred people yeah. who could provide this one line and you know and th- he doesn't have enough time to kind of coach them in and so right. they probably were literally just reading from a script right uh, i did think the daughter was good yeah she was good and she didn't have a lot of but all the little videos that she yeah. had yeah she was yeah. she was great too yeah absolutely by the way I, I, this this trend because we just talked about eighth grade and that one had a lot of the filming uh, you know the yeah. videoing as well, and so like I think we're probably going to see more movies right. uh, echoing what's happening a lot in society. Well, that movie with Aubrey Plaza was kind of like that too. I didn't see that. What it, was it, was, that? it was pretty good. I can't remember the name. Okay. But one of the things that uh, this movie and Eighth Grade also did well along those lines is it'd be so I don't know typical or basic to make a movie like this and the moral of the story would be like we need don't to use technology we or we need to put our our phones down and right. and start really connecting <laughs> like like the moral of ready player one we need to spend time outside of the of the oasis <laughs> yeah it's like uh okay and but no one's going to do that you know and and but searching that's not the message right. the message is this stuff is normal life now. Yep. This is how we connect. This in is fact, how this yeah. is how fathers get a hold of their daughters. And, and that's how he found that's how he solved the thing in the Right. You could even argue that the amount of social media use that both of them, father and, and daughter, did saved her. Right. You know? Uh, same with eighth grade. That no point was the moral of the story that she should put her phone down right. or she shouldn't be posting videos on YouTube. Right. It was just like that this is just what people do yeah. now, you know? And and I I appreciated that. Yeah, I agree. So what's the final word on searching, Bruno? I really enjoyed it. I want to see it again. Are you still an 8 out of 10 after I, I, I... Yeah, just like I said, I mean, maybe over time I'll downgrade it, but experience-wise, it it felt it felt like an eight, an 8 o'clock experience for me. Yeah, yeah, I would say for me, absolutely. The first 80%, I was totally on board, and I was like amazed at like... It's interesting that you it could be eye candy. Yeah. It, it was also, I guess, another part of this. The enjoyment is like, oh, I use that app. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've done that before. Yeah. Oh, I've I've typed a 
text and then erased nice. it before sending it. Like just all these <laughs> common life things that has never really been depicted yep. well in like one of the things that I've that I've I do every once in a while is I take a screenshot of my phone homepage, you know, of oh, of, yeah. of the apps. Or I'll take a picture so of... So you can remember it? Yes. Or I'll take a picture of my desktop on my computer. Uh, because, like, if you look back, like, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Or your bookmarks. Like, oh, like take weird. a picture of your bookmarks on your browser. It It's a part of life that we it just breezes past right. us, but we don't realize <laughs> it actually kind of is has an emotional thing to us. So I've actually done that in one way. Uh, you know, every now and then I'll I'll be on a text message stream, and I will I, I I'm trying to make some visual points, so I'll go and find an image that me, you know that means something or a GIF, and I'll post it in there, right? But when I'm doing the image, what I usually do is I find the image, save it to photos, and then share it. And for a while, I was thinking, like, I should probably go back and delete those because, I mean, why do I need that image in my stream? But then I realized, actually, someday I'm going through and I'm like, oh, I remember when I shared this. And it reminds me of what the what I was talking about, what was the moment. Right. So even though it's some random picture, it has it has some meaning. Right. So it's a little bit like that. Yeah, these things are just are just blowing right past us. Right. And we, I don't think, realize the emotional resonance that these uh, things have for us and how in the future our technology sort of landscape will look different. Like I wish I took a screenshot of my very first Facebook page, (laughs) right? Oh my gosh. You know, I want, you know what? I wanted to see my MySpace page. Right. Like we, like that's just gone. Like we don't have access. I would just like to look at it just to be like, Oh, that's what it looked like. You know? Right. Anyway. Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Tell us what you think of the movie. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page and let us know. You can email us at contact at com, or you can comment on wherever you're listening to this. Please take care of yourself and your families and your children because you deserve it. <laughs>